Grace is yours and mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Titled of today's sermon, which is based on the gospel lesson, is Showdown in Capernaum. Well, you heard it. The people who heard Jesus were astounded at his teachings because he taught like those with authority, not like their scribes. It wasn't that Jesus is saying, don't ever listen to the scribes. The scribes generally tried to quote the giants of their faith, people who had spoken before them. But Jesus spoke words straight from God. You know who else spoke words straight from God? Prophets, psalmists, apostles, and evangelists. Those who not only quoted the scripture, but shared new scripture because God commanded it. They shared the scripture that the Holy Spirit had given them. Now Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of what we heard about in the Old Testament. You remember the, uh, the, it's from the book of Deuteronomy there, but you remember what happens originally there in Exodus. God says, don't let the people come up the mountain. Now, the mountain was trembling like a volcano. Fire was shooting up from the mountain into the sky. Poisonous gases were playing out. There was, in the clouds of gases, there was lightning hitting, and it was terrifying. And the people were standing like this, and... And God said, remind the people not to follow you up the mountain. And Moses looked back and said, it's not going to be a problem. Later on, when he came back down from the mountain, the people said, okay, here's the new deal. From now on, we don't want to hear the word of God directly. He talks to you, then you come back and tell us once you're at a safe distance from that, what it was he said. And that's the way the prophets had worked for many, many years. But Jesus is the ultimate prophet. The prophet like Moses, whom God would give to the people. The words in Jesus' mouth were the words of the great I Am. The words of Yahweh. Healing. Directing. Challenging. And soothing the people of God. Because from the time God spoke to Moses at Sinai, that's what true prophetic words had done. The afflicted were comforted and the comfortable were afflicted. And the way of holiness was revealed. We don't know exactly what Jesus preached in the synagogue in Capernaum that day because St. Mark doesn't tell us. But we do know who Jesus is. We know what Jesus did. And so we know that the words that he preached that day were, were words of comfort and of conviction. They were words of law and gospel, and they were God's gospel truth. And the people who heard Jesus speaking were astounded at his teachings. 
Because not only did he teach like those with authority, they saw his authority confirmed before their eyes. Because Jesus cast out a demon in the synagogue. Cultural myths of our time tell us that vampires can't enter into a house unless they're invited. They also tell us that demons can never enter a church under any circumstances unless it's been desecrated. But those are just cultural myths. Mark tells us that this demon-possessed man was right there in church, right there in the synagogue with Jesus. And the man and the demon heard Jesus speak. And he wasn't talking about the upcoming Super Bowl or how wacky the weather has been lately. Jesus was sharing the truth of God, words of revelation, spoken with a divine authority, words of truth and life and light. It's no wonder then that when the demon finally was cast out, that he came out shrieking. Not only had he been robbed of his juicy prize, the human he had possessed, but now he stood exposed in the place dedicated to the words and worship of God. Far worse than that, he now stood before the face of God himself. God in the flesh. The demons are eternal. So the demon knew from time immemorial of the promise that had been given to Adam and Eve that all people would be saved. But year after year after century had gone by and God's people were still struggling and waiting. But now, here he was. Here was the Son of Man come to save the children of God. And after Jesus' effortless exorcism of the disruptive demon, everybody in the synagogue had to admit they had been listening to the very words of God, confirmed before their eyes by the power and authority of God. And if you have heard the word of God from the prophets of God, blessed are you when you live according to those teachings. Our Lord's words were galvanizing. His style astonishing. But it was the showdown with the demon that really spread Jesus' fame. Minds and hearts were opened as Jesus intrigued and instructed his hearers. But any polite after-service discussion of, well, what would you think of the guest preacher? was derailed when a demon started screaming in the middle of the service and called out that preacher by name. 
I've sometimes imagined it like a scene from an old-style western where the bad guy who has been running the whole town calls out the good guy who has come to put things right. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? You come to throw us out? <laughs> but you know, it never does come to a showdown. It isn't that the people gather at high noon to watch a shootout between God and the devil. It never comes to that because Jesus just says, be quiet and come out of him. No histrionics. Simply the authority of the word of God from the very mouth of God. No townsfolk tensely waiting to see who's going to draw first and who's going to be left standing. First, be quiet. This is a place of God. This is the place for God's word. And only God will speak here. And then sending the demon away. And the man who had been the demon's captive is freed. Were there gasps when that happened, or cheers? Were people too moved to breathe, let alone speak? Again, Mark doesn't tell us. But he does tell us that at once Jesus' fame spread everywhere. And so, it must have been that those who had seen and heard told others what they had beheld. Now, of course, Jesus defeated and dispatched the demon. I mean, just a few verses before this, although we're not going to get to these verses until Lent, we had the temptation out in the wilderness where Jesus takes on the head baddie, the Satan himself. I'm sorry, I was an Old Testament professor, so I always say, the Satan, because that's the way it is in the, in the Hebrew. It means the adversary, the accuser. He had taken on the devil himself out there in the wilderness. And when the devil offered his richest temptations, some trivial and others incredibly extravagant, to try to dis degrade and de disqualify the Son of God from his saving mission, Jesus turned every attack aside by the greater power of the word and promises of God, the way of holiness, each time choosing words that have been given by God through Moses and recorded in the book of Deuteronomy, the very book from which our first reading came today. The word of God has always had the power to protect us and defeat the devil. And the love of God has from the beginning compelled him to regain and protect his children. And the justice of God has always demanded the death of the offender but the compassion of God 
has provided a redeeming substitute in Jesus. And through him, freedom from the power of sin and the Satan. The word of God still accomplishes his will today. It tells us that the holiness that we have, we have borrowed from our brother in the flesh, Jesus of Nazareth. But that holiness is real. Although this side of heaven, sin dwells in us as well. Thank God we have the word of God through the prophets. And page after page of the very words of Jesus. What a rich heritage. What an incredible gift. Not only that God walked the world, died for our sins, rose again, all of those things we could never even bring ourselves to ask for, but that his very teachings were preserved for us and now translated into our own kind of clunky language. That word has power to reveal the will of God. And when we come short of the will of God, it has the power to show us our Savior and to create faith in Him. Power to strengthen us in the face of every temptation and sustain us in the chaotic changes of this life. Now many who hear this Sunday's gospel reading would dismiss it because they feel that we've become too sophisticated to still believe in demons or cower before them. But the truth is simple. There still are spirits in this world who seek to do us harm. And the devil himself would like nothing more than for us to think of him and his hordes as mere characters in fairy stories. But we are neither duped nor terrified. We belong to the one even demons must obey. One of our most recent hymns contains two stanzas I think are pretty fitting to our present time and appropriate to our theme for the day. And I'm going to uh, close my sermon with two of those stanzas. I'll tell you where this is coming from. My wife watched something about flooding on YouTube. So now we are now, the algorithm decides these people want to see lots of things about natural disasters. So we've been watching things about volcanoes erupting and about landslides and floods and just, you know, people being iced in and every place we look on YouTube lately. And my wife watches a lot of YouTube. We're seeing people 
victimized by disasters. And I couldn't help but think of that, that hymn by Richard Wigman and Kurt von Kampen that Dan had recently added to our songbook, I Am That I Am. The verses that came to mind were these. Though mountains slide into the sea and waters rush where fields should be, though monuments and nations fall, your holy city stands through all. When nothing seems to be the same, you teach us your eternal name, I am. Forever who I am. Above you, beneath you, around you, and within you. Be still and know that I am God. Some days seem long, though life is brief. And death always waiting like a thief. When vision fades and dreams grow dry, we will on unseen things rely. Our stories take up but a page, but his goes on from age to age. I am forever who I am, above you, beneath you, around you, and within you. Be still, Jesus says, and know that I am God. In his name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. I believe in God.